0: Welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. It's here that we will deep dive into the many different aspects of the mind, body, and spirit, all with the intention that you walk away with steps and a resolve to live better. You ready? Let's get mindful. Happy New Year. It is the first week of the year. I love this time of the year, guys. I love the fresh energy. I love clearing out all the Christmas stuff, getting rid of all the junk food. I love the holidays, but I actually love the new year even more. I'm one of those weird people who love Mondays. Mondays is like my favorite day of the week. People like hate Mondays. I love Mondays. It's like a fresh new week. I get to put my head down and just go to work. I just love Mondays and I love the new year. So I hope you're enjoying the new year. You guys, today we're talking about your one big goal. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because what I do as a coach is I help people achieve that one big goal. Everybody has different goals that we want to do, but there's one usually that's like calling to you. It's like, this is the one that I really want to work on. This is the one that I really want to create right now in my life. And it's usually the one that feels the hardest. And so what I do is I help people learn how to set that one big goal. I help them learn how to stick with that one big goal and I help them achieve that one big goal. So we're going to talk about your one big goal and what will be required of you to be able to achieve and accomplish that? And so I'm excited for today. I hope you guys are excited too. Let's dive in. All right. So I believe as humans that we have this innate desire to create. We have an innate part of us that maybe was even foreordained to do something impactful. Some people call this having a dream. And I loved the way that Jody Moore described this because she said it's different than a goal. A goal is usually just like a hobby or something you put on your to-do list, right? Like I'm gonna drink more water. I'm gonna read five pages a day. That's more like a goal. But a dream is different because it's a little wacky. It's a little out there. It's almost unrealistic when you think of like the dreams you have in your sleep. Like sometimes you're like, that didn't make sense. I don't know exactly what that was, but I want it. And I think whether we're aware of ours or not, Most of us do have a big dream or a big desire in our life that we want to create, and I actually think that's very instinctual. As humans, we are made to make things better. We have this beautiful ability to problem solve, and we have an ability to create, and we have an ability to make impact on the people around us. And I do believe that that whole process will purify us. When we are in a state of impacting others and creating our dreams and focusing on doing something bigger than ourselves we end up having to be purified in the process it also requires deeper levels of faith and both of those things that purification process and learning to develop that deep level of faith can be really uncomfortable i want you to think of a diamond okay in yoga there is a term and it is tapas It means pretty much refiner's fire to burn. And what it is, is it's like a diamond going into a heating or purifying process, right? At first, the diamond's just, it's not what it's meant to be. But as it goes under pressure, as it goes under heat, it purifies it and it becomes the diamond. And I really believe that that is required in order for you to accomplish your dream or your desire this year. And so as a wise mentor of mine once said, thank you, Brooke Castillo, discomfort is the currency for your dreams. You will have to go through a purification process. You will have to go through a faith process. And it is a tax that you have to be willing to pay. You will not accomplish your dreams or your goals without a good amount of discomfort. And that's why most people don't. I love there's a scripture. It says many are called, but few are chosen. And because discomfort is required, the natural part of us, our natural mind that's designed to keep us safe and out of discomfort, we will be required to overcome that part of us. As we go throughout the rest of this podcast, I want you to be considering your one big goal this year. I set a lot of goals. I love having a lot of things that I want to do different and change, but I really suggest having one big goal that is your focus. And this doesn't have to be something that like changes the world, okay? It doesn't even really matter what it is. (laughs) It just has to be a desire that you have. It's funny because somebody might think like, how does me losing weight this year impact the people around me? But you'd be surprised how that desire to lose weight might lead you to a lot more confidence or feeling good in your skin and and taking care of yourself and discipline that it will lead you to another one big goal that will eventually lead you to a more purified purpose. And so follow your desires. Don't get hung up in like, is this a good goal or blah, blah, blah. Like if you desire it, if you want it, it's for a reason, follow it. Quite vulnerably, I will tell you that this has not been an easy process for me. This one big goal that I've had. When I was 19, I went to yoga teacher training and I have this really distinct memory of learning about a yoga word that's called Dharma. And we learned that yoga philosophy teaches that dharma is our duty in life it's our personal quest our mission our purpose and i was driving home after learning about this deep purpose that yoga philosophy teaches and i remember being at this stoplight right before you get on the freeway and i was pondering and meditating about maybe like what my dharma could be and so clearly i heard the word teacher come to my mind And at the time I was going to school to become a history teacher and the internet was like nothing like it is today. So I was like, okay, cool. I guess I'm on the right path. You know, I'll go get my history teaching degree and, and that's what we'll do. But then I finished my yoga certification and I just developed this deep love for learning and understanding different cultures and philosophies. I developed an intense love of learning about spirituality. I started a yoga studio and I began teaching, which was amazing. And I felt so good, kind of. I felt so good when I was teaching, but all the other stuff, it was hard for me. And I quickly fell into burnout. I took a break and we let our yoga studio go, my sister-in-law and I, But it was weird. It was like something kept calling me back to teaching. I was never content when I wasn't teaching. And so then I started another yoga studio in the same town. Let's talk about some guts over here. And again, I loved teaching and I loved interacting with the students and I loved being there. But I fell into some serious burnout and overwhelm. And this time I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. And so I sold that studio. Also, we had other reasons why we sold. A lot of things were going on at the same time. But I sold my studio and I stopped teaching. And again, I kept feeling called back into teaching. It's like I have this desire to make impact and to have students that I can share what I'm learning with. I love to share what I'm learning. I started homeschooling my kids, which really helped fulfill this desire in me to teach. And I have loved the process of homeschooling my kids. But I still wanted to teach. I I mean, I was teaching like how to read, you know? So I wanted to teach what I'm learning and what I'm reading about and who I'm becoming and all of those types of things. So I started a podcast and I started sharing some of the things I was learning on social media. And then I started an app where I was sharing and I was teaching, but again... I got burned out and stressed out and overwhelmed. And then the last nearly 2 years I have learned so much to help me be able to accomplish this and not just accomplish it but but live it for the rest of my life without the fear, without the burnout, without the overwhelm, without the pressure. And I can't wait to share with you guys what I've learned as I feel like I've been purified on a deeper level for the last couple of years. And everyone will go through their own refires fire purification process. And some of it you'll be able to see and notice and some of it you won't. For me, when I'm going through that process, I tend to draw back and kind of go inward. And so I don't put as much information or content out during that. But other people might be sharing as they're going. And I mean, I'll share as I go too, but... It was just more of a private process for me. And so it's really cool now to be able to come back and share it with you. So let's dive in. The first thing that I learned is temperance. If you don't know what temperance is, temperance is the use of moderation in all things and the exercise of self-restraint. It is a Christ-like characteristic and a prerequisite to being able to assist in God's work. There is a quote that I love. And it says, no one can assist in this work except he be humble and full of love, having faith, hope, charity, and being temperate in all things whatsoever shall be entrusted to his care. So in order to be entrusted with God's work, to be able to make impact and important impact in other people's lives, in order to do your spiritual mission or your purpose and like live into your full potential We have to be trusted. And so for my opinion is that for God to trust us with his power and his privileges, we must prove that we can use self-restraint. Once you've learned how to restrain, you'll be prepared to use this power with wisdom and you'll be the master over it. It won't be the master over you. I love this analogy for temperance. Kent D. Watson said that tempered glass, like tempered steel, undergoes a well-controlled heating process, which increases strength. Thus, when the tempered glass is under stress, it will not easily break into jagged shards that can injure. Likewise, a temperate soul, one who is humble and full of love, is also a person of increased spiritual strength. So essentially, he's saying the same thing that I was saying. It's once you've learned how to control, then control yourself. Then when you're under stress, you're not going to break. You're going to become like tempered glass. Some ideas of what temperance can look like is not acting out of impulse, learning to be a wise steward over your money, noticing when you get, this one's a big one for me, (laughs) noticing when you get so excited or passionate about a goal or project that you stop putting the most important things first. It looks like simmering your anger before you're acting. I also could work on that one. Not overeating, limiting your time on social media. I truly believe that developing a tempered soul that's not dictated by passions and pleasures and by immediate dopamine, gives us power to be able to assist in the work and also create our dreams and our desires. And I get to practice this majorly in the form of knowing and honoring my priorities. For me, developing temperance has taught me how to restrain myself because I am somebody who gets so excited about working on a goal, so excited about my dream so excited about creating that I want to literally put everything else last. I ignore my kids. (laughs) I don't clean my house. I don't take care of the most important things first. And consciously, my kids are my first priority. But when I get working on that goal or that dream, I forget that I even have children and I don't want anything to do with them. And they start getting in my way and I'm like, get away from me. And even though they are my first priority con- consciously, I am able to see that my priorities are out of whack and that they're not in alignment. And it's going to cause broken shards, right, of that glass. Another way this shows up is not overdoing projects. I am an idea person, so I have a lot of ideas. And sometimes I want to run faster than I can. I seriously want to do everything. I have like 500 days that I want to do it all. And honestly, I have a lot of good ideas, (laughs) but I've learned I have to be able to bridle my passions. Like I have to be able to bridle back, take one thing out of a time, not overdo myself and my family. And I've had to learn how to organize priorities and schedule my time. Sometimes this is literally just tempering my mind to not be thinking about this goal or not be thinking about this dream or desire when I am baking cookies with my kids, letting myself be present in the moment. It also looks like turning off my phone on Sundays and really observing a Sabbath. This is a big one for me is like, I want to work. I like working, but learning how to bridle that back and say like, no, Sunday is a day for God. This isn't my work day. This is my day off. This is a rest day. It is so beautiful. I love the Sabbath. I love that Jesus said the Sabbath is for the people. The people aren't for the Sabbath. And I'm not giving you this the Sabbath so that you have to give up what you're doing. I'm giving you the Sabbath because it's going to refuel you. It's going to refill you and it's going to develop you. And when you put God first, when you give God some of your time, it's showing him like you are a priority. So temperance, (laughs) it's one of the things I've had to learn that was very uncomfortable to help me get that one big goal. Number two The second thing I've had to learn is that I can do uncomfortable emotions. I realize that whatever goal I have, it is going to require some very uncomfortable emotions. The first for me is the uncomfortable feeling of just doing what I say I'm going to do. Like I said earlier, I'm very creative and I have a lot of ideas, but having the tenacity to sit down and execute on my ideas Can be very uncomfortable for me, but I have to be willing to do it. I have to be willing to stick to my schedules. I have to be willing to do the things that I say I'm going to do and finish through with a task. This is so uncomfortable for me, and I only get this half about right about half the time, but again, it is required. Another uncomfortable emotion that I have had to learn to get really uncomfortable or really comfortable with is rejection. (laughs) The last two years, I have not put myself out there really online or even in my podcast, but I've had the opportunity of feeling rejected in different areas of my life, my own personal life. And it was such good learning for me. I learned that I can handle rejection. I can handle people not liking what I create. I can handle the negative opinions of others. I also learned that even if other people don't like what I'm doing, I don't have to reject myself in the process. Rejection is a feeling that comes from a thought, you guys. And what I was doing in the past was looking at the opinions of others and taking them on as my own. Instead, I'm learning to ask God and myself what we think and realizing that I can be humble and make changes while also getting my own back. This has been such a game changer for me. It is okay for me to feel rejection. It's okay to be rejected. The best people in life have to get okay with rejection. Like you think about Jesus, like he was literally perfect and they still rejected him. So if I'm going to be doing my mission, it's okay for me to expect that there will be some rejection, but also that I don't have to reject myself in the process and it doesn't have to feel terrible for me. Such a game changer. Okay. Another emotion that I had to learn to be okay with was imperfection. The shame that comes with not being perfect and openly letting people see me not be perfect was difficult. Perfection, I believe, is just an excuse for insecurity. I've had to learn that perfectionism leads me to overthinking and overthinking leads me to paralysis. I don't have forward motion when I'm stuck in a perfectionist loop. I've developed a thought pattern that has helped me a lot with this and that is that it's okay to be wrong. I've had many purifying experiences with this. Every part of my natural man wants to control my own experience and the experience that others have of me. So I want people, I think it's just natural. Like I want people to think like I've got it together. I want people to think I'm good. I want people to think that I'm doing a good job. I want my work to be well received. These are all thoughts that I used to have. And now I've realized those thoughts aren't really helping me. They they sound good, but they're not that helpful. What I've learned is that anything I'm doing, I'm probably going to suck at at first. And I have to be really okay with not being perfect, not being good at it at first. Like it, It takes time to develop skills. It takes failure to develop skills. It takes doing it crappy to develop my skills and it will look messy at first. And so, if you're working on your dream, your work honestly will probably suck at first. And you have to be okay with not being good and it taking time to learn and be the way that you want it to be before you can become amazing at it. These are just a few of the uncomfortable emotions I've had to learn to endure (laughs) the shame of being wrong, rejection, and the discomfort of disciplining myself and doing things I don't want to do, the discipline of delaying gratification. As I've developed these, Abilities to sit in these more uncomfortable emotions, the more I have felt at ease working on my goals. All right. Number three is that my faith has to be stronger. And when I say I'm talking about faith, and I'm not exactly talking about faith in God because I have a ton of faith in God's ability, but my faith in my own and my faith in everything has to be stronger. I have to trust that things are going to work for me. I have to trust that there is a plan and I can figure it out. I have to decide that any thought that is in opposition to the result that I want is actually doubt and it will keep me from accomplishing my desires. Faith requires focus. <laughs> I'm still working on this. Yes, I have to learn how to focus. I had to learn skills to learn how to focus. And I'll tell you a little thought that is so minor, but I realized it was keeping me from the results I want. I sometimes struggle with focus. So a lot of times I'll set a goal and then about in the middle of the year, like I forgot I even set the goal. Like I forgot that this was really important to me. And sometimes like even with this teaching like Dharma that I was telling you guys about, I would talk myself out of it. Like I would be like, you don't even really want to do this. Like I would forget my why. I would forget that I even really wanted to do it. I forgetful, honestly, forgetful and lack of focus here. So I created a binder this year to help me combat that. And I made a goal binder and I'm using it every time I schedule my week and it has my why in it. It has my priorities in it, it has my goals like listed by priority. It has all sorts of the information that I feel like would help me stay focused. And how funny is this, you guys? I started judging myself for this. I was like, oh my gosh, you're one of those crazy people who can't remember things and literally has binders with tabs. And I could literally even hear people in my head saying things like, I would never do that. Like, you're crazy. And I realized that even a little bit of judgment towards myself for trying to solve a problem that I have would not get me where I want to go. So I decided to own and honor my ability to create binders with tabs and be really on top of things that I want. And instead of calling myself crazy, I decided I should call myself dedicated because I am dedicated and that's why I'm doing this. It's not because I'm crazy. I think this is just a funny little example. I want to reach my goals, but then judging myself for the solutions I'm finding is the opposite of faith. It's not going to create the result I want. It is a thought that is in opposition to the result that I want, which means there's doubt. So if you have a dream or a goal or a desire and you haven't hit it yet, I guarantee you guys, it's a thought or heart or mind problem. Actions flow when we are in a state of faith. The burnout ceases. One of my favorite quotes ever is faith without works is dead. And then continue, but works without faith is even deader. Don't just do the work. If you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to grow your business, if you're trying to create a certain environment in your home, if you're taking on minimalism, these are some of the ones that I've got you can't just do the work you have to do the work and know it's working for you you have to have faith and then that you can figure it out faith that you are capable and as you do this i believe you'll hit heights that you've never seen you can accomplish anything that you put your mind to but putting your mind to it when i say that it doesn't just mean like like you know grind or push hard it means put your mind to it every single thought single towards the result that you want. In order to reach your dreams and desires, you will be required to become the person that makes those things happen. It will be required to let go of doubt if you want to tap into power that you have with God to create what you want. And you'll be required to change your thoughts and pluck out anything that doesn't get you there. And that is not easy. Develop a strong identity I have to figure out who I am and what I want. I realized that I can be so easily persuaded. I have to know my vision. I realized that I was doling some of my personality, blending in with what everyone else wanted and whoever I was around. And it's been impactful for me to decide this is who I'm going to be regardless of whatever is going on around me. You can't be lazy And motivated at the same time. You can't be a good mom and a crappy mom at the same time. You have to decide who you're going to be. I can't be somebody who loves junk food, but is also super healthy. So I have to change those thoughts and change my identity about the way I view myself. I see myself as consistent, I see myself as dedicated instead of crazy, right? Like the binder story. I see myself as dedicated. I see myself as not too much like I have so much to give and and it's not too much it's just enough. I see myself as smart and capable and strong and willing and able and we have to learn to identify with those behaviors we're embodying who we need to be to create the results that we want. I love doing this. It requires me to feel so uncomfortable. But here's the thing. Choose your heart. It was very hard for me to, it's been a hard process to be rejected in front of people. It's been a hard process to fail in front of people. It's been really uncomfortable to sit down and do the work. It's been uncomfortable to wake up and see that my thoughts are not Always aligned with my highest self. It's been uncomfortable to watch my thoughts like a hawk and be so conscious about it. It's been uncomfortable to develop this temperance and to learn how to have self restraint and to not just run to buffers. This is an uncomfortable process, but you guys choose your heart. You know what else was uncomfortable for me? It was very uncomfortable for me to. Not do it every time that I didn't, there was something missing from my life. There was something not quite right, and there was this pull for me to do it. And me not doing it felt worse than doing it and being purified in the process. So, I'm about doing it. I'm here for doing it. I hope you're here for doing it. I totally want to encourage you guys, really just think it doesn't need to be something big like. This is my life mission, but think about this next coming year and prioritize. If you have a bunch of goals that you wrote, if you already did your goal writing, prioritize your one big goal, put that one at the very top of the page and say, you know, this is the one that I really want this year. The rest of them I'm going to get as well, but this is the one that's going to be my number one priority and choose your heart. Know that, yeah, it might be hard to resist eating. That certain thing. And yeah, I know it might be hard to, you know, for me, the hard part is going and playing with your kids when you want to do a million other things and work on your business, right? Or it might be hard for you to go running when it's cold outside, but it's going to be even harder at the end of the year when you have to say, oh, I didn't do it. It's going to be even harder when you see somebody doing it and you're like, oh, I wanted that. So choose your hard, be willing to be uncomfortable. Discomfort is the currency for your dreams. And you guys, all it is is a negative emotion and you can handle negative emotions. The other thing is, is you have so much more power over those negative emotions than you know. Guess what? Running in the cold doesn't have to be terrible. Do you know what else doesn't have to be terrible? Being rejected. I'm learning that. It's kind of empowering for me lately. It's been a whole different experience. You know what else doesn't have to be uncomfortable? Self-restraint. It really doesn't. It can be fun to show yourself that. You can change your thoughts and change your feelings. It is so cool. You have so much more power than you know. Okay, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you're ready to pick that one big goal and crush it. I am sharing more on social media, so I'd love to have you over there. Do me a favor, screenshot this episode, throw it up on your social media, tag me in it, and I would be so grateful. The other thing I'd be so grateful for is if you left me a review on whatever channel you subscribe on, go leave a review. It's so helpful for me. I'm trying to grow right now. And so anything you can do to share, I would just be so grateful if you got anything out of this. Okay, you guys are the best. Talk to you next time.